Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome everybody, welcome your saltwater guide, Captain Dave Hampton, with another phenomenal podcast for you today. We got the great Matt Florentino with us today from AFCO. I'm super excited to bring Matt in here in a few minutes. First, I want to let you know it's Deckhand Sports Friday. We always talk about Deckhand Sports products on Friday. We'll show you a cool little video at about the 20-minute mark. I want you all to know I'm back in the studio here, and Marley is super excited that Dad is back, so keep an eye on him. He's all running around here. He just had a bunch of mangoes, thanks to Tim Ogilvie. Marley saw me and knew it was was, – mango time so he's all fired up he's got a little sugar rush going on he's running around here having a good time so keep an eye on marley but uh listen to what matt has to say today gang because matt comes from the same type of cloth that i come from we grew up in this industry we both probably owe our everything to our fathers and we're gonna get way deep into that talking about all the great things that matt's father the great Benny Florentino brought Matt into this world. And now Matt is accelerated and he's at a level that most of you would love to be at. Matt sleeps and eats fishing, but he also is a great father. And we'll talk all about family and a great husband. We'll talk all about that because that's what makes us who we are is the family thing. And that Matt understands because of his father, Benny Florentino. So, Without any further ado, let's bring Matt in and get this show started, gang. What do you think? Come on in, Matt. Hey, buddy. Welcome to the show. What's going on, Dave? How are you guys? I'm super excited to have you on here. I just can't wait to hear all about your dad because I've known your dad pretty much my whole life. We grew up in the industry together. Your dad does something that is absolutely unbelievable the way he fishes that boat that center console, the way where he takes it and what he does with that thing is just unbelievable. And then for you to be able to grow up in that and see that whole thing, just phenomenal. So talk, I would love to hear about when the first time you got exposed to going fishing. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, shoot. I mean, it started at an early age, you know? Um, and like you said, like really kind of my passion and my love for the sport, you know, it's all his fault, you know, which is, which is a good thing. Um, but yeah, started, I was like, shoot, maybe five or six. Um, you know, a lot of it just started around just being around the water, you know, but number one, just being around the beach. So my dad loved to surf originally. Um, and so my early just memories of fishing, um, was, you know, just going down and we've, we've, I've always kind of been around the South Bay. So I still live in Redondo beach now, but I've always kind of been around on the South Bay, but, um, yeah, earliest age was like, I was five or six, just with my little sand pail, you know, um, getting sand crabs, you know, to pin on and send out there on a little Carolina rig and a little spinning setup, whether that was a surf perch or a Corbina or a, you know, or a, um, leopard shark or whatever, that was really kind of where things started, um, for me. And, um, and again, this is like 80, geez, late eighties. Um, 
and, you know, and that spurned off too into just sport boat fishing really was just, you know, kind of graduated from fishing off the beach to then it was like the Isle of Redondo fishing on the barge. You know, I was like maybe seven or eight, just running around little psycho kid on the barge all day. Um, Bonita mackerel, whatever, uh, sand bass, Bonita, and then half day boats, you know, three quarter day boats. And a lot of it was like, uh, Redondo special, Isle of Redondo, you know, all the Redondo boats predominantly. We spent, we fished a lot in Santa Monica Bay and then some in like San Pedro, um, yeah, those are the early times, you know, late 80s, you know, and it was different back then from where we're at now, as far as tackle goes. Back then, it was just, you know, 12, 15 pound test on like a pen squitter and a fly line anchovy was kind of all you needed to, to do, which you still, you know, can do a lot of damage with it. But um, that was really the start, you know, and snowballed, you know, the, the skiffs and all that, that didn't happen until a little later. So I was maybe, yeah, like on one photo you showed, um, I was maybe in middle school. I might have been like 13 or 14 when my dad first got a skiff. And that kind of took us off into the private boat realm of things, you know, um, that was just a little 16 foot center console, you know, fishing around PV, um, artificial reefs on Santa Monica, you know, the horseshoe kelp, um, and all that. And yeah, that, yeah the picture there, that was, that was fun. That was actually my first tournament. Uh, I fished, I think I was 12 or 13. Um, the one of the Western outdoor news jackpot tournaments down in Marina del Rey. And yeah, we did actually really well. I think we got ninth place you know, both me and him, that's both our first tournaments. Um, even funnier though, he's, I'm wearing AFCO shorts and he's wearing a whole AFCO shirt and AFCO shorts too. And lo and behold, I'd be working here, you know, 20, 30 years later. So, um, yeah, something that's always just kind of been in the family and I've been fortunate just to experience a lot of different things through my dad. Growing up in the South Bay, what a spectacular way to grow up the sport boat operation going on there and the barge fishing and all that stuff in the bubbler inside yep. Redondo Beach Harbor. People today can't even comprehend what we were doing back in those days. It was so much fun. And you were a young kid getting going down there and getting dropped off on the barge and going fishing all day. Could you imagine doing that with your kids today? No way. You would never drop them off a bunch of scummy fishermen, guys. No, you know, and, and it wasn't, a, they weren't dropping me off though. It was me going my dad, you know. Okay. So it was always just kind of in tandem with him. You know, he was, um, he, which I, I appreciate and I love he would, you know, take the time to spend the time and, you know, bring me with them, you know, and all those different things he did. You know, I, I might not have gone on the overnight trips or the day and a halfers he might have done, but he was always game to take me on, you know, the half day boats or three quarter boats or, you know, twilight trips or what have you. So. And that's something that I think a lot of people need to understand. I know the whole thing here in Southern California since 2015 is bluefin, bluefin, bluefin. But gang, you're not going to get your children hooked on fishing the way Matt and I were hooked on fishing by taking them tuna fishing. That's just not gonna ever work out in your favor. It's just not, it's boring. It's super boring to take children. I mean, we understand the payoffs there. We're all waiting, waiting, waiting for them to find that fish or waiting for the opportunity. But when you have children, you need instant gratification, like going on the half day boat, going on their back in the day when the barges were there. Cause you had so much activity, the bait, the people, the birds, the sea lion, everything mattered. And that got you into fishing. But if you just jumped on an overnight boat and went tuna fishing as a little kid, you wouldn't want to go fishing. It would, it, I'm sorry, gang, if you're doing that to your children, you're blowing it. You need to get them into this bass fishing thing, get into mackerel fishing, get into catching something when you go and don't go for days at a time, go for a couple of hours and just bring them in. Right. Because that's what worked for you, Matt. Your dad didn't take you on an overnight trip. We're going yellowfin tuna fishing today. You're five. (laughs) No, 
Oh no. Yeah. And for me, like just even the, the, you know, my, the sexy species at that point in my life was a bonita or barracuda, you know? And it was like, Oh, I could go, I could now fish a surface iron for a barracuda, you know, be like all the guys that are on the front of the boat. And, you know, now as a kid, that was really cool. Um, just being able to be around, you know, and I, I appreciate too, kind of growing up kind of in the old school in a way, you know, I'm, a lot of people think I'm younger and things I'm, I'm going on 40. Um, but I've, I've been able to experience kind of like, you know, late, the late early nineties fishing, you know, and, and I, one thing too, I gotta say about my dad was he's always been an early adopter, whether that's fishing plastics or the surface iron or a lot of those like artificials. And, you know, a lot of times he was that deadhead guy on the boat getting the jackpots and he's like, you know, standing on by on the bow waiting for, you know, a couple ones and twos and, the right, right current to run up and pick off a big cuda or something, or, you know, if it's for fishing structure, um, for sand bass, you know, in the late summer. And it's like, you know, he, he'd be dragging plastics on the bottom or whatnot and getting fish. So it's been kind of cool to kind of experience all that stuff throughout the years, you know, and seeing it from like early days of scampies and, um, and, uh, worm Kings and, you know, to just, you know, I, I vividly remember that stuff just cause, you know, all it was was just, live bait at that point you know but these guys you know he'd be like hey try a couple of these and then he, we'd be fishing them and doing all that so it's been kind of cool to kind of experience a lot of that growing up and especially later on in life fishing tournaments and artificials and you know, being open-minded to try different things you just brought up a couple of lures that don't get thought of very often anymore the scampi and the worm king but remember the scrounger yeah i do oh why has it why do you I, think no one's brought that back? That thing well, was such a phenomenal lure. You know, it's funny. So like um, the scrounger actually is kind of, it's retrending right now with some of the spotted bay bass guys. Um, they've kind of refound the scrounger, so to speak. Um, there it is right there. Uh, and when I was fishing the SWBAs back in like 20, was that 20, geez, 2010 or so. That was one of my like, baits that i didn't talk about i fished like an ounce and a half ounce and a quarter scrounger either a short bill or a long bill with a magnum fluke um and that was kind of my like one of my go-to baits um aaron martins had kind of reintroduced it in the bass fishing tournament scene and then i picked up on you know that they had some heavier sizes with a good stout hook on it scrounger is a great bait it still is today um and some guys are for spotties and stuff for getting kind of tech fishing it in the harbors with slugs and flukes and things you know um and then the, it's funny in the tournament bass fishing scene, the scrounger has actually never went away. Guys in the Tennessee River fishing ledges, that's that's a go-to bait for those guys. A big ounce, ounce and a half scrounger with like a you know six, seven inch big fluke on the back. No, um, they're not. What about the scrounger tails themselves? Those silver ones, that one looked like solder almost. That was oh, yeah, a yeah. yeah, but yeah, the 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 old the stuff from the old days. Though, yeah, this you won't see them on a, you, you won't see them prevalent like they were back then. Um, but that's still, you know, that thing still swims. Still, if you, if you find uh, the right one with the right hook on it, um, the right hardness on the um, on the collar, you know, you can find find some decent ones out there. There was no bait better back in the day than that silver scrounger. That thing was that th- three eighths ounce head. Oh gosh, so many calico bass. So many calico bass. I'm sorry, I just got all excited. No, you're good. No, I love that. That's what I love about. I love. I I've, I fish a lot of new skill stuff. But I have like some staple old school stuff. Like I've, I've been gifted some baits throughout the years, you know, whether it's from when Greg Stotesbury was working here at AFCO, you know, he kind of gave me a box like, hey, dude, 
I found all my old calico stuff. Do you want it? And, you know, this is Greg Stotesbury is like, heck yeah. He's <laughs> always got, I got worm Kings. I got fish traps, you know, kind of stuff throughout over the years. Um, Bob Suikawa at wall strong. I've, I've got some creepy crawlers from him from, you know, from, from back in the day. And I love a lot of those old baits and I keep them on actually on me. Like if I'm in a tournament or sometimes like I need to kind of fish something a little bit different, a little more subtle or just kind of chain things up. Um, but I love all those old baits. Me too. That, that scrounger was the thing. When we first started seeing Im- imitation plastic lures when I was pinheading with my dad in the early 70s, and uh, we had the only rubber lure, plastic lure we had was called a salty dog. And I don't know if you've seen them, but they're rock hard. They have zero movement. They don't move at all. And oh my gosh, the fish had never seen anything like it. And they would jump on those salty dogs like you couldn't even believe. Them. Yeah, they, they made no sense except that the fish had never seen them. And then I remember my buddy George Clough, and I know you've heard of George, but we had back in the seventy early seventies, we had to put trash can liners in the trash cans. It was a new thing. They wanted us to store all our trash what had never been done before on a sport boat. And you could take that yellow trash can liner that we were given and you could put it on your hook and throw it in the water and catch <laughs> bass on it. It was insane because they never saw anything. Yeah. And that thing would kind of undulate in the water as it would slowly sink. The trash bag would undulate. Bam. Calico bass would jump right on it. That is my very most, I know everyone knows, but calico bass is my favorite fish to catch. And that's why I'm so excited to have Matt on here right now because his dad has done something. We fished San Clemente Island. When I first started running sport boats back in the early 80s, that was the place to go to catch calicos. And we would carry 44 people a day open party and all they wanted to do was go to San Clemente Island. There was no blue. I mean, you, you catch a handful of bluefin in the, in the springtime up on the West end early in the morning. And it was on a squitter junior with 12 pound test and a number eight hook and fly line pinhead anchovy. And you, we catch four or five bluefin for the day. And then you'd go calico bass fishing and San Clemente Island was known as the bull bass capital. And then all of a sudden these skiff guys and your dad, is a crazy man. He takes those people over there on that skiff or on that center console, whatever we call it a skiff yeah. from my world, but and drive 60 miles one way and go catch the most spectacular calico bass you could ever imagine. And then we were talking about this before we went live. Then they would pull up alongside of me. Then he <laughs> would say hi and they would be getting all the foul weather gear out gang and they would jump on that boat. If you guys have ever seen San Clemente Island at two o'clock in the afternoon, it is you look out from the front side of the island and you look out and all you see is white. It looks like they're herding sheep out there. There's just white everywhere. And, you know, you got to get on. You got to get on that. And I know your dad has this conversation. This is the conversation I used to have with my guys. We can do this for an hour or we can do this for three hours. It's totally up to you. It's not going to matter either way. You're not going to be any drier. It's just how fast do you want to go? And your dad would put on all that gear and the guys would put on all that gear and they would go home. But they all had smiles on their faces because look at those calicos in that picture Elliot just threw up there. That's San Clemente Island calico bass, right, Matt? Yeah, that was actually uh, January 1st, uh, start of this year. Yeah, we uh, we had a really good bite up on the West End, um, up around West Cove um, and the, uh, yeah, around West Cove, actually. 
in January, you know, chucking wine fishing, you know, and shallow. (laughs) It is so fun over there. When you get a bite going and you're winding in your rubber lure and there's three or four bass trying to eat it out of the other bass's mouth gang. If you haven't done anything like this, you want to go with Matt's dad on his boat and go check this thing out because it is a life once in a lifetime opportunity to go see some of the most beautiful scenery on the planet. Yeah. San Clemente Island is gorgeous. There's so many beautiful places over there. And then on top of that, the fishing, and you're not going to find too many people that know m- much more about the island than your dad or Jimmy Decker or Eric. Yeah. Those guys are like the Kings over there. And, and Gary or Jerry Mayhew, those guys are, those guys do it all the time, but they got that island pretty figured out. It's pretty spectacular, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that island's something else, you know, and it's kind of wild California still, you know, because it's, it's happened by the Navy, but, it, you know, for the most part, it's still really wild. Um, and it's kind of reminds you of what fishing might have been, you know, in yesteryear. Just there's some amazing days we've had there, over 100 fish, what have you, you know. I would say Cedros probably, if you want to just go all out, have the best time of your life between Calicos and Yellow Cedros is an experience, but we have, you know, 60 miles off our coast. You can get similar experiences with those clouds of fish, three to five pounders fighting over your baits, you know. Um, sometimes it can be all day long, you know, um, just catching good ones. Yeah, and then like you said, there's yellowtail there, there's bluefin there, there's so much other stuff. But the calico bass fishing is what everybody's been going there for since I don't since I was fishing for a living since the seventies and everyone goes to San Clemente Island for calico bass. It's just the most unbelievable fishery. You got to do it. You got to go check it out. Elliot will throw up your dad's uh, information. If someone wants to go with him, that's the guy you want to check out. You want to go with Benny. It's going to be a time of your life. You're going to be blown away. There he, there, there he is. Yeah, and he's very approachable. He'll be at the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Show, gang. You can come up and talk to him. He'll probably be hanging out somewhere close to wherever Matt is because he kind of likes you, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he, he'll be at the PCS show. Uh, and he'll probably between, you know, he usually spends his time between Shimano, um, Camus Boats. There's a new boat uh, partner he has now. Um, he'll be running that boat uh, this year. Um, and kind of, you know, AFCO or what have you, 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 you can't miss me. You can't miss my dad. He's usually at the show pretty much every day. So. Yeah. He's a very tall man too. So he stands out in the crowd. Yeah. yeah you can't miss him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's great. So fun to grow up in the, and having your dad that close to you. And now you guys are getting back into tournament fishing again together. It's come full circle, huh? Yeah. It's kind of funny. Um, we, uh, we've, we started fishing SBS this year, which I, I hadn't fished tournaments in a while. Um, same with him. He hadn't fished tournaments in a while. Um, it's funny though. We never really fished tournaments together as partners, you know, like that picture you showed earlier of me as a, you know, wee little Grom there at 13 or so. Um, I used to fish with him a lot when I was a kid. And then, um, uh, later on, I used to fish with my, my longstanding tournament partner, Randy Spicer, most of the SWBA years. Um, and I fished a little bit of SBS, but, uh, I mainly fished against my dad primarily, um, when we fished tournament series. Uh, which I was always fun too, you know, we competitors at the same time, it's kind of, we always would, you know, pre-fish together, kind of help each other out and share information, this, that, or the other. Um, but also it was always fun to kind of compete too. always, you know, it's always kind of cool. It's, 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 it's nice to have a dad who's, you know, recognizable and has so much wealth of knowledge. Um, but at the same time too, I always kind of wanted to, to kind of carve my own path, you know, as far as what I did and fishing tournaments, um, 
you know, he's, he's, he's kind of known as the Shimano guy. I've been with them Shimano for forever, you know, and, um, and I actually, I don't fish Shimano at all. I've been with pure fishing since 2011, you know, so we've kind of like kind of gone different directions this way or the other, but at the end of the day, it's all, it's all family and it's, it, it's all love, but uh, it's a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. And we're going to get more into where your career is taking you now, but real quick, we're going to stop for just a second. I want to show you this, this bag that Deccan Sports makes that we showed Casey when he was on the show. Check out this kill bag that the guys at Deccan Sports make. It's pretty incredible. The really fun thing about that bag is those ribs, the rib. I, I just can't tell everyone enough. That is that technology of those ribs in there to hold those fish up off that stagnant water in the bottom of your kill bag. That is revolutionary. That is insane. And then the fact that the bag is guaranteed leak proof. It will not leak water. You can throw it in the back of your car. You can throw it anywhere you want. And then if you look around on the bag mat, he's got tie downs everywhere on there. Because, you know, every skiff, every boat is totally different. And the biggest problem we have is where do we tie it down at? How's we going to hold this thing? I mean, that's a pretty spectacular bag, right? Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I've, we're on street just because um, I've heard of guys just using the deckhand uh, bags. I've heard that, you know, when they heard it's like, oh, those deckhand bags are legit, you know, and just from, from people that I know and, um, and trust. And, you know, even on, the promo, you know, uh, Nate Eisen there on the Sea Ripper and Ricky and those guys getting after it. Um, yeah, those those guys puts a lot of hours on that frame and puts a lot fills that thing up on a regular basis. So um, yeah, or they're they're solid. Yeah, it's an amazing bag. I know Afco was trying to design a bag, and Casey said it was just it was just gnarly with all the other stuff you guys got going on. So yeah, if you guys need a kill bag, there it is. And we'll throw up a QR code. We'll let you know. You guys put in the code YSWG, and you're going to save when you buy the bag. Plus, Elliot will throw the QR code. There it is. You can save 15% on the bag. Put in the code YSWG. Go to his website, deckhandsports.com, and you can check out all the cool products. He has a ton of products. We got those little bags we use on the lobster trips that the guys take their lobsters home in, the little kill bags. They're just a all around phenomenal bag. So check it out. Deckhand sports. Thank you, Dave, for being a part of it. Dave's listening right now as he's driving down to the, the show in San Diego right now. So that is cool that we were able to throw that up for you because it is deckhand sports Friday. We always try to throw that up during the show and how perfect is it for you to be driving in your car down there? So Matt, you're fishing along with your dad, kick back. And then what, what made you decide to get a job in the sport fishing or in the fishing industry? I mean, cause it was yeah, fishing, yeah. huh? Yeah, well, you know, one it's, um, yeah, it's fishing, you know, but, um, no, I mean, early on, um, when I was going through school, as far as college goes and, you know, it's really trying to figure out what the heck I want to do with my life. Um, you know, I was going to school at Cal Poly Pomona 
originally for engineering and computer science. And I've always kind of been, um, that's one thing at an early age, um, I've always kind of been into tech, you know, um, the first start of the internet, um, you know, back in the days it was AOL and AIM. I was the kid who was like customizing my, my AOL profiles with HTML code and ASCII code and all sorts of stuff. And messing with programs and progs and website stuff at our, you know, this is old school now. Like I'm dating myself now that I'm a 40, but like, you know, I was maybe like 16, 17, just kind of like, you know, indulging in all this stuff, you know, this is the first early stages of the internet. Um, but throughout college, I, I, I've always been into tech and wanted to get into engineering. Um, but one thing I learned is I could not hang in a lot of those classes, whether it was, um, programming and things like that. And then there was a new program when I was going to school, this is like 2007 called e-commerce, um, selling on the internet and websites, you know, e-commerce really hadn't happened yet. You know, Amazon wasn't what it was. Some people were selling things on online on, on the internet, but it wasn't as to what it is. Every it's just standard now. Um, so I went to school and got a degree in, um, digital marketing e-commerce uh, from Cal Poly Pomona. Um, at the time I was actually working in, um, in outdoor retail, uh, so I was working for Sporting Good retail store called Sport Chalet, which some of you probably familiar with growing up in Southern California. Um, no longer around, obviously, but um, I used to work while I was in, in college. Uh, I used to work the fishing counter, fishing camping, and then I also worked the snowboard, ski snowboard counter. Because uh, I like to snowboard and I used to, and I knew, you know, and I was a, I was a broke college kid. So I liked to, I liked to ride. I could never afford lift tickets or, you know, a lot of snowboard gear is expensive. So I knew if I worked here, there, I could get ride for free. I'd meet some of the reps, maybe get some product or I got free, free rentals. So that's where it started. Um, and then since I knew about fishing, I knew how to spool line. I knew how to at least sell, you know, fortunately I wasn't selling to, you know, the biggest, baddest hotshot fishermen, but I at least would get the fishermen that, you know, would come in to need, you know, stuff set up. Um, so I worked retail, so I had some retail experience. And then I was able to get a position at their corporate office, um, working on their web team, um, in school. So I, I worked there for maybe six, seven years working on their, you know, on their web team. Um, I was working in the corporate office up at La Cunada. Uh That's actually, I got the position while I was still going to school. So I was able to get the position there while I was going to school. Um, loved it. It was great. I, I learned a lot. Um, I was able to use enterprise level software and things like that um, and running, you know, big product feeds, just, you know, pretty high level, like, um, e-com things, you know, fresh out of school. Um, and came to a point where actually uh, I got a, uh, I had an interview for a, a local tackle store um, who was looking to get on e-com. Um, it was pretty funny. I actually, I, I, uh, I didn't get the job because I asked for too much money, but I also knew what my worth was, um, you know, uh, but uh, the guy who interviewed me, He's like, hey, man, I knew I know he wouldn't take as far as what you're asking for. What you're asking for is, you know, that's that's fair. Um, but I he uh, he was friends with the Shed family. He's like, hey, um, I was talking to one of my friends, Casey, Casey Shed. He just is going over to AFCO. He wants to kind of revitalize, you know, kind of what they're doing with digital and e-com. They're looking to hire somebody to do. I think he'd be a great fit. And he connected me with Casey Shed. This is back in 2014. Oh, wow. Um, so again, just kind of, you know, the sport fishing industry, you know, like he knew everybody knows everybody, you know, it's a big, small industry. Um, I'm very fortunate that he, he connected me with Casey in 2013, you know, and fast forward 11 years later, I've, I've been here, um, since 2013, just, you know, started just as, um, 
you know, getting the websites up and running, you know, and again, AFCO at the time was, AFCO has always just been a, a traditional, you know, staple in industry, but very old school, you know, in a lot of ways, 2013, you know, the website was pretty archaic, to be honest. Um, our catalog was maybe 20, 30 pages. Um, and we've just kind of been fortunate to kind of be here through over the years and kind of all the growth we've had. So now we got, you know, I got like a 160 page catalog with rain gear, men's, women's, kids, you know, tackle. Um, you know, we have a full team now, a full product team, marketing, you know, sales, you name it. So it's been kind of fun to kind of be here um, kind of throughout, you know, all these stages in the growth of AFCO. Um, and just big, big thanks to the Shed family too, just allowing me to kind of grow and be kind of, you know, kind of get to where I'm at today. Um, starting as just some kid, you know, about a year or so out of school. Um, but now, you know, I've been able to kind of to do a lot of, a lot of cool things um, behind the scenes, you know. Uh, with help to grow on the brand and also product development, you know, just being a fisherman and able to kind of work with our product team, um, give some feedback as far as what works, what doesn't work. Um, and it's all hands on deck here too. We're mom and pop. So, you know, we wear a ton of hats, um, but it makes it fun. Right. Real quick. I'm sorry to break this up, but this guy right here, this is a true American. I, I don't even want to start crying. This is my buddy, Avi. He just sent me this. He's on a ship. He had to leave his family and go serve the United States of America. This is a true hero gang. Thank you, Avi, for reaching out. We love you, man. I love everything you're doing, buddy. And I can't wait till you get back in town and we can get back out and go fishing. He missed the war heroes because he got, he got, uh, had to go on the ship and split. So I'm sorry. I just had to throw that out there, gang. And he's a true hero. So thank you very much. You just got home, bitching. All right, awesome. I want to hear all about it. I just had to throw that out there, gang. I'm all about War Heroes on Water, and we got that coming up. It means a lot to me. A good friend of mine, Mike Lewis, is on here, another War Hero. It matters. I'm sorry. I just had to stop for a second because it's a big deal. But oh, back, back to AFCO. So, yeah, my goodness. I had no idea that's part of the story, Matt. That's incredible. <laughs> What a perfect timing, right? Everything is timing. It really is timing, you know, like I, it, it, and I've been very fortunate and throughout my career with different things, you know, um, uh, you know, like this, the sports life thing happened and then which led into, you know, what I'm doing now, but it's, 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 it's been fun. Oh my gosh. The things that you guys have done over there in the last 20 years are just incredible. The products, like I was saying, when Casey was on here the other day, I don't wear shoes. Everyone knows I don't wear shoes. And you gave yeah. me that you gave me that outfit the other night to go hooping with and you gave me that pair of boots and I thought about it and I was like, you know, I haven't been out hooping for a while. Everyone knows me to wear sh no shoes out there, but I'm going to wear these boots and just see and I I planned on wearing them for maybe one or two sets and then ripping them off. When the, at the end of the night, I still didn't even know I had boots on. And my buddy was asking me, aren't your feet killing you? And I never even felt them. So for just a second, explain to me how you did that. How does that happen? Because that's a big deal for me. You don't understand. I don't wear shoes. I'm 62 years old. I kind of pride myself. I coach my kids in all their sports with no shoes on. And uh, that boot, it did it for me. I'm convinced you guys have the best boot out there by far. There's nothing like it. Yeah, no, thank you. I mean, it was, this was a big project for us just because footwear was an all new category for us. Um, and w with footwear, we wanted to make sure, you know, number one was we wanted a pair of good deck boots that just, you know, number one was just comfortable. Like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, if something's not comfortable, 
you just won't wear it. You just don't you have no reason to, to use it. So um, so we went in with the product team, um, you know, we and we, you know, I, and I'm, I'm a big stickler for boots myself. I've worn them all, you know, whether it's the Grendons, the Extra Tufts, the Sims, you know, I used to wear a pair of Sperry's that was out there. There's some other ones in like the surf and action sports world that are out there, but, you know, um, which is kind of hard, you know, and I, I, I say a lot of, a lot of, um, you know, rubber boots are rubber boot, you know, more or less. And we want that ankle, ankle height direction, which a lot of people ask for, you know, it's, you know, it's, you find the right rubber, you find the right outsole, you know, that's relatively simple, but to get it to a whole level of comfort where, you know, the goal was build a boot that's durable and comfortable. And at the end of the day, you don't really know you're wearing it, which kind of was funny that you mentioned that, you know, you totally forgot you're wearing them. Um, and all of that ultimately is in the insoles. Um, actually, it's funny. I actually have these on my desk because we went through, these are all different types of insoles that we tested. Each one has a different, you know, uh, different criteria as far as the degrees and rise or, or, you know, their support or what have you. And, um, you know, and again, speaking to my dad, he was a big part of us testing these. Um, he's probably worn almost every single pair of boots that we've tested. Same with me. Um, but we landed on, I think it's 3540. Um, that it gave like the right amount of cushion. And you can see there's like a couple different zones. Um, kind of on like the main pressure points of your feet. And there's kind of a, a, a low section here and then a high section here. Um, so you get some good, uh, so you get some good support. It's kind of that right blend of, you know, they're not too soft that your feet fall asleep, but they're also not too stiff that, you know, your feet are hurt. Um, and it kind of gives that right blend and balance of, you know, cushion and support. Um, and that's really the juice of the boots is the insoles. Um, and if you look at a lot of the comp our competitors out there in the market, um, most of them typically have just a fairly generic insole in there, which doesn't really do much for you. Um, and that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day is is the insoles. Um, and the insole is something that's not new to AFCO. We've actually been pretty passionate about building a good insole. Back in the 90, late 90s, early 1000s, we had a, um, some insoles called Fish Feet, which are actually really popular. Um, guys were putting in their their Extra Tufts, um, you know, the, the, the brown traditional Extra Tufts way back when. So... Uh, it's kind of taking kind of something we've done in the past, but also taking it to the next level um, with these new boots. So, um, and yeah, and, you know, and I, I could speak about it all day. I'm obviously very biased, but you know, our customer reviews, those are the people that are buying them, spending their money on, on the boots and, you know, and they're writing reviews as far as yeah, they're best boot in the market or they're super comfortable. Um, you can almost kind of let those reviews kind of speak for themselves um, from, you know, from good paying customers. Yeah. I'll, stand on the top of the mountain and i'll guarantee your boot to anybody because there is nobody my age that doesn't wear shoes except me and i'll tell you what i'm a believer i've never felt anything like that i would go if i had a job i would probably wear those boots to a job where i had to go because i've never felt anything on my feet like that gang i'll you can call me up if you have a pair of those boots you don't like them call me up and let's get mad involved and get you straightened out because you're doing something wrong there's something wrong. You probably got the wrong size. Matt, I told him what size I wore. He goes, look, Dave, you want this? I told him 11 and a half. He goes, you put on these 11s, you're going to be blown away. Yeah. They're going to they're gonna hug your foot. And I was like, God, I don't want it to hug my foot. It's just going to feel terrible. It didn't. I can't say it enough. I'm the, I keep singing this to all my friends because they keep going, you wore those boots all night. I said, five and a half hours on my feet, nonstop. If it didn't work, it wouldn't hurt. 
I yeah. promise you, they never hurt. Ever once did my feet hurt. And that's a big deal. It's a big deal. And then I had those slickers. And I don't know what you call those, but those things fit perfect. There was never a drop of water. And everyone was hosing me off because <laughs> it's me. I'm on the boat. They yeah. hose me with the hose. And I never got wet. It was incredible. And I had that fleece, that fleece that you gave me, the jacket. Yeah, the that thing. yeah. And it was cold. I live in Cabo. Yeah. So to come up there and be in 55 degree weather, that's cold for me. I never oh, felt yeah. cold. My feet never hurt. I'm a, I'm a believer. The product sold itself to me. I'm, I'm fully in 100. percent That outfit. One of the comedian Amir K kept calling me your saltwater painter because it looked like <laughs> a painter's outfit. But what was that? Pro- what is that? overall product that you're t- there they are i see yeah elliot's bringing them up the uh the slickers you're you're wearing were our seafair bibs and jacket um and that's our first style that is kind of getting into that more you know traditional slicker style you know bibs um it's a lot lighter weight i would say than what you're you know if you're accustomed to say a traditional grendon's hercules you know I, believe me i've lived in those things better part of my life um but uh, the big request from a lot of our accounts um, and our dealers was just getting something that's lighter. Um, so it's really lightweight. It's a PU coated fabric, um, but traditional slicker bibs, hundred uh, percent waterproof. Um, and then the jacket, the jacket's pretty unique. It's more so cut. It's more so cut like one of our more technical jackets, but it still is that that P, PU uh, laminate fabric. So it's um, repels water really well. Um, and it also doesn't weigh on you, you know, it doesn't, it's, it's not it's so lightweight that it doesn't like kind of pull at, pull at your shoulders. And, you know, if, after a long day, um, I will say though, we, we are, this is kind of our first entrance into like this style of slicker and bib, um, at ICAST this year, we're going to, we're going to come out with uh, a more, you know, a more heavier gauge, hundred percent PVC, uh, bib and jacket. I think a lot of guys, cause that was the next request. Like, these are great, but do you have something a little heavier? And that's coming um, for next fall. Um, All right. Extending, you know, the boots and then these slickers. We're kind of getting into more of that. I was in more commercial grade, um, more commercial grade uh, foul weather gear. Well, I like the fact that they were so lightweight. But there's a good story that goes behind your foul weather gear, your boots and everything. And we're going to go back to what we were talking about beginning <laughs> yeah. of the show. Your dad, he... Those guys have to gear up every afternoon around 2.30, 3 o'clock for that ride back from San Clemente Island. And I talk about that for a minute because I know your dad is a big, big tester of those jackets and pants and the fleece and all that stuff. Yeah, um, you know, we, we do a lot of R&D um, testing behind the scenes at AFCO. Um, and that's, you know, one thing, too, which is a testament to the Shed family is just you know, if there's anything that we put out with the AFCO brand name on it, you know, we want to make sure that it's a product that, that works at the end of the day, you know, um, you know, especially as fishermen, like if, you know, we, we want something that if we say it's going to, if it's waterproof, you know, we want to make sure that it'll keep you dry and behind the scenes to test to make sure it's dry. You can be confident that almost all of our rain suits we have, uh, you know, between my dad, myself, um, a, a whole slug of other key pros we work with, um, they've tested that stuff and have told us, you know, what didn't fit the zipper didn't work. Hey, you know, I'm getting some leak. Um, so there's some leaking here, some seam, and we'll go in and we'll, you know, we'll reiterate and we'll get that right. Get another suit, uh, another sample in, in place, test it. 
And um, it, it, it goes on those three hour tours of, you know, leaving Clemente at three, four PM, the wind's blowing 15, 20, the three to five short interval, you know, you're going to get your butt kicked for the next four hours of buckets over your head. And we've always said, if it could survive that, you could survive just about anything. Um, especially being an open center console boat. Um, so yeah, my dad's been, been, um, been involved a lot, uh, with testing products, you know, throughout the years. See that comment from, uh, Steve Duncan. He's been fishing with your dad since your dad worked at the Chili's restaurant. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. My dad used to work with Brinker International and, um, at a number of Chili's uh, up and down the coast. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's insane. That's awesome, Steve. Thanks for that. Yeah, there you go. So we got a show coming up. Elliot and I are super involved in it. I'll be speaking at the show every day. I'll have a big booth there. You guys, is AFCO going to have a presence at the PCS show? And I'd like to show just a quick little commercial of the PCS show and show you all the cool things that are going to happen there at the show. And then we'll talk to Matt about what's going to go on with AFCO at the show. Can you throw that up there, Elliot? The 2024 fishing and boating season at the most exciting saltwater, freshwater, and recreational outdoor show in Southern California at the amazing Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Show. Orange County Fair and Event Center, March 7th through the 10th. Trout ponds for the kids and an unbelievable lineup of seminars with the most knowledgeable and experienced captains, guides, and professionals in the business. Over three acres of exhibits, boats, and incredible early season discounts. Bring the entire family to Orange County Fair and Event Center, March 7th through the 10th. And gang, that show's going to be insane. And if you show up at that show wearing a Your Saltwater Guide shirt or a Your Saltwater Guide hat or underwear or anything, Your Saltwater Guide on it, we're going to have free stuff to give away to you in our booth. And then all the children that come to the PCS show and watch Captain Dave do his seminar there, all the children that come and listen, they're going to get free stuff. And it's super cool. I break it down for the children like you can't even believe, gang. I make them the most important part of the whole show. So the children love to come see me speak. You'll be blown away if you bring your children. They're going to get free stuff, and they're going to walk away going, we want to come see Captain Dave next year, Dad. This was super cool. So what has AFCO got planned for the PCS show? Are you guys going to have a big presence at the show? We will, yeah. We'll be at the show. Um, we'll be, at, I believe, we're in Alameda's Hall. Um, with uh, Fisherman's, we'll be selling through Fisherman's Landing um, with all the clothing and stuff. And that's one thing too, I, I got to mention, um, our, our, the AFCO stuff, typically, AFCO stuff typically doesn't go on sale regularly, you know, whether it's our websites or even our dealers. So that, that PCS show um, is, is a great opportunity to get, you know, like the boots and the, the Seafarer bibs and all the other things that, you know, you may have seen on the website. Um, so opportunity to get a lot of that stuff. I think we're doing 20% off. We're doing some, you know, buy two, get one deals on some of our fluorocarbon and deals on lures and just all sorts of fun stuff and free. I think we have a free gift with every, any purchase. So um, yeah, definitely stop by. And that show is going to be a huge one. Everybody's excited for that one. Yeah. The way Bill pushed all the boats out there into the uh, courtyard and all the entertainment will be out there in the courtyard and the food trucks. And then, the inside will just be all of us just showing off all the great wares. The exhibitor list is like second to none for fishermen in California. It is an incredible exhibitors list. You can't even believe it. And I would tell you, gang, Elliot will throw up the QR code, but you want to go online and buy your tickets now. You do. Here's the deal at the PCS show. And I've been doing it with Bill since the very first one. You're going to get there. Parking's phenomenal. There's plenty of parking. 
But when you get there, you're just going to go, oh, my gosh, look at this line. The line is over. It goes quick, but it's a line. Let's be. And then if you don't have your tickets when you get there, first, you're going to have to get in the line to buy the tickets. Then you got to go get in the line to get in. You don't want to do that. You want to have your tickets in your hot little hand. So when you get there, you just walk right in. And I would suggest spending two days there because it's like Disneyland. You can't see it all in a day. The way Bill has it set up, it's going to be flowing really good. But there's a lot of people there, a lot of exhibitors, a lot of cool products. You're going to want to spend as much time as you can. Plus the seminar, the people that are speaking, I don't know if you know, Matt, but Carl's going to be there. Air Pelikia, him and Lasley are going to do a seminar, the two of them on stage talking about surface fish and swordfish and harpoon swordfish. That, for me, I would just stop everything. I want to see that seminar. I want to hear Carl. Carl never talks. Carl yeah. never shares a thing. How wild is that going to be? That's awesome. I love just seeing all the photos they post up on their little Instagram page because they're always out there and seeing cool things up from the air, you know, so. Yep. Air Pelikia is going to be at the show. That's a big feather in the hat for Bill in the show to get Carl to come. I'm super excited about that. And then it's always fun to listen to Lasley. My gosh, he is the man. He is IGFA Hall of Fame captain. He's done it all, seen it all, been around. They just done that world tour down in Ascension Island. Incredible yes. footage that David Lasley showed everybody. It's just incredible. So what about your dad going to be speaking at the PCS show? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. I haven't seen the seminar list yet, but he's always usually doing something. So um, oh, and good. he'll be um, he'll be probably bouncing around between uh, the West Coast Marine, uh, his new boat partner, Camus Boats. He'll have his new 26 um, hybrid on display there. So you can see his his new rig he'll be fishing out of this year. We actually took it out Monday on a little on a photo shoot for a PCS show. Um it's just cruising speed at like 47 miles per hour. You know, we went from the went from the West End of Catalina to top of Palos Verdes in like 28 minutes. <laughs> it's insane. Oh, wow. Uh, 26 foot, yeah, stepped hole with a 400 horsepower Merc. That thing's a beast. Um, so it, his clients this year, now that he hasn't already had a nice um, platform to fish off of, but this new boat is kind of a whole nother level. So That's going to be fun for everybody. They want to get booked up quick because I'm sure he's going to sell out fast like he does every year. Yeah. He he's sought after, that's for dang sure. And then what do you got going on at the show? Are you where are you gonna be hanging out? Are you gonna be in the fisherman's landing booth? Yeah, well I'll be in the Africa booth Friday. I think I'm working Friday the afternoon to the evening, all day Friday. Um and then um I'm just waiting for confirmation. We're supposed to have a like a bass seminar. I might be speaking on one or two of the panels. Um, oh cool. The show. Um yeah, I'll, I'll, now I'm probably floating around. I think Friday will be there all day with AFCO, kind of hanging out. Um, and then I usually try to go another day or two at the show just to kind of cruise, see my buddies. I take my kids one day, too. You know, like you said, there's so much things to do, you know, between, you know, like the between the trout ponds and the the, the critters last year. They had like the snakes and all the other wild stuff. And just, you know, it's a good fun day. Like I've again, I grew up going to all those shows as a kid. So I always try to take my, my boys to all that stuff. Yeah, Jay, I already talked to him. He's going to come on the show in the next couple of weeks right before the PCS show, but he's going to be bringing, he was saying baby alligators, snakes, yeah. lizards, all kinds of stuff. Jay from prehistoric pets. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what it was. That was our favorite stop. And I actually had a good time too. So <laughs> it is my kids grew up at Jay's store there in Huntington beach. We used to go there all the time and they would buy those mealworms to feed all that critters there at the, 
at Jay's Prehistoric Pets. It's a pretty neat place. If you haven't been there with your children, you live in Southern California, you might want to go check that out. It's like Matt said, it's like his thing when he was a kid. It's where he wants to take his children. You want to go and see what Jay has to offer at the PCS show. And then once you see what he has, at the, you're going to go to his little pet store. It's like a zoo there. You can also purchase reptiles there, but it's like a zoo. It's incredible there. It's a lot of fun. So what else is going on with AFCO that you got that we should come and check out when we're at the PCS show? What do we want to come look at? Yeah, I mean, at the show, I mean, you know, like we said, the boots, get them because that's probably the only time you're going to get a discount on those. Um, same with the, the foul weather gear. Uh, we'll have our new lures there, um, which last year, kind of that late fall or sorry, that early fall, like more plunker bite. Um, those dart jigs were getting bit really well when they wouldn't respond to live bait that well. Um, we'll have those there on, on a good, you know, with some good deals, um, sort of fluorocarbon, you know, again, like always, if you need to get a gaff, bait net, all the other standard things we've made, we'll have all that stuff there for you. Wonderful. That's going to be awesome. Gang, if you don't understand those boots, they're a life-changing event. If those of you that go fishing and you stand up all day at the rail trying to catch a fish, those boots are going to change it for you. It's going to make your back feel so much better. It's going to make your calves feel better. I'm telling you, it's, it's a magic shoe, if you will. It's an amazing boot. Real quick. We got 10 minutes. The AFCO company, the shed, you mentioned the shed family many times. We talked about it with Casey, but a lot of people didn't see that. Give, give them a perspective of the shed family and what it's all about. And it's all about conservation and it's all about CCA and it's all about giving back. And you, the AFCO company gives back more than most people can even comprehend. Talk about the give back part yeah. of the AFCO. I mean, that, it, that's what makes it nice for me to come into work every day is being able to work for the folks like the sheds and just, you know, just the passion behind, you know, not only just good product, but also just giving back to the resource, the conservation. Um, you know, since 1973, you know, 10% of our profits go to different things, you know, whether that's CCA or IGFA and, you know, you name it, um, Bill and the sheds have their hand in a lot of different things um, and speaking on, on our behalf to ensuring that we have rights to go fish places that we want to fish and what have you. Um, so yeah, the 10% pledge, that's something that, that we do every day, all day, every day. Um, so 10% of our profits go to different things. Um, you know, heavily involved in CCA California, Bill kind of spearheaded getting CCA into California and, you know, and plus with Wayne and the team, Chris and Tony and all the other chapters and, and folks behind the scenes, you know, those, those are the folks going to fight for us, you know, um, especially here in California, it's, it's, it's no easy feat. Um, just, just living here in the state and also just to ensure that we have rights to be able to fish, um, you know, and, and all sorts of other things with the different species takes and all the other new things that happen all the time. Um, you know, we really got to support those guys, um, CCA and Wayne and, and so on and so forth. But yeah, as far as just, um, working here at AFCO and the Shed family, it's, 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 it's easy for me to come to work every day, just knowing, you know, cause all the good things we do behind the scenes along with just making a good product. Um, and they just truly care, you know, um, it's, 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 it's cool too. Just the fact that, you know, at the end of the day, I'd say AFCO, the brand itself is very well recognized, you know, in the sport fishing industry. Um, but one thing that, you know, that I, I appreciate and I kind of, I really like the fact is that we're still mom, you know, we're still mom and pop. We're a family owned and operated business, which it, it's really, that's really tough to come by um, in this day and age with a lot of the other brands out there with private equity and what have you. Um, 
and you know if rest assured if you know if you're shopping out there there's a lot of people that make good things but if you're going to um, make a purchase of an Africa product, you know, you, you can be confident, know that, you know, there's a lot of time that went to making a good product. It's been tested, it's been vetted, and also it's going to give back and ensure that, you know, there's a fishery for tomorrow in some form or fashion. Yeah. Bill just got a big award. We were up there in San Diego at the hubs and then walked over to SeaWorld because as we, well, you and I know, but maybe a lot of the listeners don't know the shed family, they Milton shed, Bill's father, he's the one that started SeaWorld. And it was all about conservation back then. It was all about bringing the, the awareness of conservation and then the white sea bass hatchery. Nobody did more for that than the Shedd family. And gang, if you're catching white sea bass today, you can thank Milton and Bill Shedd for that because without those two working their butts off and giving back, like at the end of the day, Matt, we both know it takes money. To yeah. fight all these things yeah. that are out there to stop us from fishing. And the Shed family has put their money where their mouth is. They give back like nobody's business. And this SeaWorld thing, I know they got a bad rap a few years ago with that TV show. But if everybody really knew what was going on, it's been all about conservation since the day they opened the doors. And the Hubs Research Center there, the hatcheries for the sea bass, now they're doing halibut hatchery. Yeah. And they're doing so much to make the ocean a better place for the animals that live in it, gang. So you don't understand. If you all you have to go by is that silly movie that was on, you don't really understand what the Shed family is all about and the give back is incredible. I just can't say enough about it and how important it is to and you go down to that Hubs Research Center gang, you can actually call in and to get a tour and you can go and see what's going on and you can talk to the people down there and you can understand the conservation, but also make sure that you get involved with CCA California. It's super important. Elliot threw the QR code up there for a few minutes. Bill, big part of that, like you said, he helped get it into California. It's the only voice we really have at the table, gang. If you could bring a little bit more into that, Matt, that would be great before we wrap this up. Yeah, I mean, like kind of like I was saying, just if, if there's one way kind of people ask how to get involved, number one is just your CCA membership helps a ton. Um, and then any other way you can get involved, you know, there's so many different things. They have different charters throughout the year. Um, they're starting the CCA star tournament, um, th this year, which is a great opportunity to, you know, if you're out going fishing, you can, you know, have opportunity to win, you know, I think they have like an 18 foot, uh, Parker, you could win and a bunch of other prizes. Um, but there's so many different ways you can, you can evolve, you know, there's local chapters, uh, regional chapters, um, you can volunteer. Um, there's, there's a lot you could do. And, you know, even for me, when I'm working at AFCO, you know, uh, they've always encouraged time, you know, to hours spent, you know, um, giving back to conservation. Um, I used to help out um, at the King Harbor uh, White Sea Bass uh, uh, grout facility. You know, I used to just go a couple times a week, clean up, clean out the tanks, feed the fish. And that was actually really cool for me just to kind of be involved. You know, I'd we'd go release the fish in King Harbor, make sure, you know, all that's taken care of. And um, there's, there's a lot of different ways you can evolve if you just kind of, you know, just... Uh, but the easiest thing you could do is just uh, one membership and then uh, just get involved with CCA some capacity. And you just talk to the team there too. If you're at the PCS show, talk, talk to Wayne, Chris, you know, all the other folks that are there, learn a little bit more about what they do and, you know, kind of what's going on behind the scenes. And, you know, you, you'll, you'll learn pretty quickly that, yeah, like you said, they, they are our make our big main voice, um, you know, ensuring that we have a fishery and, you know, um, for future generations, you know. Yeah. And I think that's the big thing 
the shed family's been so involved in making sure that we still get to go fishing, but understand that it's also there's nobody that's a better steward of the the ocean than fishermen. Yeah. People that fish, we understand. We're, they paint us out to be this horrible entity out on the water, but we're the furthest thing from that. We care so much about it because it's how we make our living. We care more about it than anybody because if we if it's gone, we're done. We have to go get real jobs. And none of us want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we want to stay in this fishing thing, gang. So please get involved with CCA. Come and meet Matt at the show. Let him know you saw him on my show. Come and see me, come and see Wayne and Chris at the CCA booth. And if you can't find the CCA booth, find me or Matt. We'll be more than happy to point you in the right direction to get you over there. The PCS show is going to be an absolutely incredible event. We're all looking forward to seeing you. But Matt, I want to thank you for your time. I know you're at work right now and you got to jump back. His whole lunch hour gang was spent with us. So that's pretty special. Thank you very much, Matt. And that's part of giving back. That's part of the shed family deal is given back you took your lunch hour casey took his lunch hour last week we appreciate the heck out of it thank you very very much for being on the show gang please get involved please help us to keep fishing open it's the number one thing i talk about all the time we want to be able to take our grandkids and our children and our children's children fishing you got to keep this thing open whether you like fishing or not come to the pcs show there's going to be way more than just fishing stuff there. Your children will have a blast. Matt and I promise you that for sure. Gang, I'm going to jump out of here now. Let Matt get back to work. And uh, thank you all very much. Elliot, thanks for putting on a phenomenal show for everybody and all of you that watched and all of you that left your comments. A couple of things. You can leave a tip. Let me know. You can leave stars. That Both of those let me know how much you appreciate all the work that goes into doing these shows Monday through Friday for you. If you've never seen it before, we do this every day, Monday through Friday at 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, unless Captain Dave's fishing in the mangroves where I was for the last four days. But I'm back, and we'll see you all Monday. Remember, turn off the news. They're all lying to you. This is the only place you get the truth. Thank you. Bye.